0: Welcome, every one of you. Glad that you are here, uh, here in the building. Those of you who are here online, uh, those of you who are watching this at a later time, welcome to each of you. Uh, I just want to take a moment before I get going in and just invite God into this. Uh, so let's, let's pray with Him, please. Father, we, uh, we are here because of your great love for us. God, I pray that you would use this time that uh, that you would that you would speak through me, God. That these would be uh, your words and not not things that I've just come up with in my own mind, but that it would be the truth of your gospel, the truth of of your word, Lord. I pray for each and every person who is here that uh, that they would hear uh, your word speak through this, and it's in Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so Pastor Doug was was asked to to speak on a or to do a a series on women uh, of several months ago by some ladies here in the church, and, and he's prefaced every week by opening up like, really, I was, I was the one that you wanted to do this, right? Uh, well, and you see he's not here today, right? Um, so I don't, I don't think that was planned. I believe he's just out of state visiting some family. Uh, but he asked me to, to speak instead, and I was, I was like, you sure? You sure you want me to do that? Um, I mean... I echo his feeling like, like who am I to, to do this except for uh, someone who, is, who <laughs> loves the word and, and can read, right? Uh, so beyond that, I, I'm the son of a, a loving and, and godly mother. I mean, I'm the, the husband of a wife who loves the Lord and walks in light of his, of his grace and his mercy daily. I'm the father of, of two young, beautiful girls and, and my prayer is that they would come to know Jesus and, and devote their lives continually to him. And that's really the extent of, of my, uh, the biggest chunk of my relationships with women. So that's, that's where a lot of my experience will be coming from. But also, like, it's going to be a, a heavy day in the Word, okay? Which is always good for a pastor to say on a, a sermon Sunday. Uh, we're going to be in Scripture, so if you, if you have your Bibles, get them ready. Get those things warmed up. Uh, if not, the passages will also be on the screens. Um, I, I do pray that this is a, a time of hope. Okay? I do pray that this is, maybe for some of you, a time of healing, and as we look through this last part of the, uh, what Pastor Doug is calling the life fulfillment equation, I, I pray that this is a, a time that, that you see God's word and, and what it is saying about the world. So here's the, here's the equation that we've been going through, and it's, it comes from Luke 9, verse 23, and I'll read the words of Jesus here. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. And what Pastor Doug has done, he says, okay, so a saved soul is someone who does this. It's someone who, who follows Jesus, and to follow him, you must know him, right? And, and someone, Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, and in order to deny ourselves, you must know yourself. Okay, know the things, know the habits that you have, know the, the hang-ups and the desires that you need to deny. And then this last part is to know the world, Okay, and, and, and we get from scripture to take up your cross. And I think this is important because, because you need to know how the world is going to come at you. Okay? when you do this when you when you follow Jesus and deny yourself the world will come at you and it will feel like like you're bearing a cross the world will come at you but you also have to know what you're sacrificing in order to follow Jesus so this is uh, this is the week that we are in here today um, and to hear from you ladies here in the in the auditorium and those who are watching live online uh, we were doing this uh, the QR code thing again all right we're going to have a, a QR code pop up here and that's uh, through a program called Menti, and you'll be able to type in on your phone to answer the question that we're going to have here up on the screen in a little bit. Now remember, it, it, the QR code is live, so if you're watching at a later time and it's not working, that is why. Um, but until, until we get to that part, um, while you're getting set on your phones with, with this Menti program, we do have a video of some ladies in the church that we pre-recorded that are answering this question. So look up at the screen and, and follow along.
1: My name is Kinsey. Um, I have been married for five years now. I have a two-year-old. He just turned two this weekend, and I work part-time. I'm in ultrasound tech. Hi, I'm Shannon, and I'm married. My husband, Mitch, and we have two kids. They're both grown, and we even have a grandson. Hi, my name is Jordan. I am a single college student, and I work here at Foothills. I'm Raquel Martin and I am a mother and I have been married for three years. The message that society sends to women that can undermine our value is this whole idea that um, I don't need a man or um, I'm a strong independent woman and women can do anything men can do um, which simply just isn't true for one Um, and also it undermines what I bring to the table what I can do that men can't necessarily do so the society gives women so many different messages and they're constantly changing and I think that's so frustrating um, as a woman I think it just shows though who society is um, versus the Bible which is this is absolute truth and society's all over the place the devaluation of traditional biblical roles um, I feel like the Lord has a really specific design for us and women have their roles and men have their roles and right now it's really just a anyone can do it perspective. I have a lot of value that, um, that they don't and I want that to be looked at as valuable. It's interesting to me that society wants women to be men but they want men to be women what? I mean, that just doesn't even make any sense to me. The message that our society sends to women that undermines their value um, is the message that we have to be the same as men. There's a sentiment that I have
0: to be able to work the same as a man um, and have the same presence as a man, and it really takes away from who the Lord calls me to be as a woman. All right, well, there you go. There's some, some perspective of some of the ladies here in the church. Uh, now we want to hear from, from you ladies here in the, in the auditorium. What are the things the world tells you that hinders the growth of your faith? Now, honestly, like, don't be, don't be shy about this. It is anonymous, the answers uh, that are going to be up here on the screen. And guys, that's not an invitation for you to chime in either, right? I'm like, oh, I can get away with this. No, like, we want to we hear from, from the ladies what they have. All right, so what is society telling you? It's telling you that you have to do it all, OK? Or that we don't have to be moms, uh, that you can choose your identity, and, and God isn't the one that chooses it. Uh, the beauty standards, uh, it says that, that we are enough. Uh, you have to fit the current standard at all costs. Uh, it tells us that, that you need only yourself or that you need to do all the roles and do them well or that masculinity is, is toxic. And, and yeah, these are some, um, um, there are so many more things that the world is telling you also. And, and honestly, I just want to take a moment right now and, and pray over you for this. Okay, so uh, pray, uh, pray over you that you can um, realize what these actually are. And, and know the truth that God is calling you. So, so let's, uh, guys, we're gonna pray over, over our, our uh, ladies here in this auditorium. So let's pray once again. Father, we, uh, we see the things that, that the world is doing. We see the standards that the world is making, uh, that the world is, is putting pressure on the women in our life. And, and we just, we pray against that, Lord. We pray that they would find the freedom in you, that they would, that they would no longer uh, look to the standards that the world makes, God, and I pray that they would uh, live in your light, that they would live according to your will, according to, to the standards that you have called us to. So God, we just pray for, for freedom, we pray for release of, of all of these burdens that the ladies in our lives are feeling, and we pray for freedom. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Uh. Men, I, I do want you to realize that whether whether the, the women in your life put something up here on the screen, like these are these are similar to what your ladies in your life are going through. Okay, so whether it be your whether whether it be your wife, your your friend, your female friends, or your daughter, or or your sisters, or or your mothers, these are the things that they're going through. And I hope that today uh, helps to helps to start that conversation for you. Helps to start that conversation, and how can you be there to support? The- them as they're being bombarded by all of these by all of these uh, standards that the world puts on them. So so given this, you guys, we're, we're, going, we're talking about knowing the world today, and, and the first question that, that came into my mind is, why is it important to know what the world is doing in order for your faith to grow? And the answer that I, that I came up with is, and I don't think it's anything profound, but it's, it's that you must know that, what the lie that the world is telling you. And when you know the lie, then you are able to combat, the, combat those with the truth of God's word. Okay, you have, it's kind of the thing, you have to know the enemy, you have to know what it is using against you. And as we wade into this discussion, I think it's important to, to keep in mind and, and to acknowledge that scripture does say that everything created is good. So we're going to jump into 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, uh, where, where Paul is writing to Timothy and he says this, he says, for every, everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. And he goes on in verse five to say, because it is consecrated by the word of God, and with prayer. So God, he created the world and he created so many good things. I mean, think good things like being a mom, good things like, like being a, suc- a successful person, having success in your career. Those are good things. But many of these good things that God has given us have been taken by the world, have been corrupted and turned into, into something uh, that's much like the things that you shared on this screen. Okay? They've, been, they've been taken uh, by Satan and, and he's taken what God has given as good and he's twisted them. And he's, he's led you to believe something that, that is not what God has intended for you, okay? And right before this passage in 1 Timothy, Paul is talking about deceiving spirits. He's talking about uh, things that are taught by demons that, that have corrupted and twisted what God has made. And I want us to realize that the issue isn't the actual thing, Okay? The issue isn't success in a career. The issue happens when we are led by the world to falsely put that thing up on a pedestal. Okay? When we're, we're taking the good thing that God has given us, it's being twisted by Satan, and then we, the world says, hey, this is the standard, and we say, oh man, that's a, that's a really high standard to make. I guess I better get working on it. Right? That's where, that is the real issue. So what do we do? When we realize these things have been put on a pedestal, do we, do we just reject them outright? I mean, do we reject things like, like beauty? Do we reject things like, uh, like being a, a mom and, and a nurturing mother? Do we reject comfort? Do we reject uh, trying to have success? I mean, there have been some, some cultures in the world that have tried that, but I think it goes against what Paul is telling Timothy. So go back to chapter four, it says, for everything God created is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated. And, and that means like it's declared sacred or, or it's made holy by the word of God and prayer. So we're not to reject the things, but to recognize how the world is taking the good thing that God has given us and they're using it to enslave and or devalue you when you don't meet those expectations, okay? So, here, here's another equation for you, all right? So, the world's expectations plus you trying to live up to them, the majority of the time, I'm not going to even make up a percent on this, but the majority of the time, it leads to a feeling of failure or a feeling of an unfulfilled life, okay? We, for some reason, accept those expectations, and we we do our best. We do our best to have that successful career. We do our best to to be beautiful according to to the world standard, but but we, we end up feeling like a failure. And I've heard it many times. uh, If you don't want to be disappointed, then lower your expectations. Have you guys heard that before? I mean, it's a a great one as a parent, okay? Um, For some reason, I expect my kids to do everything perfect the first time, and it just leads to disappointment. But honestly, when we are looking at the world, it's offering us this this rule, okay? It's offering us this, uh, it offers this expectation that says if you do this, then you will be happy. If you do this, this standard, if you meet this standard or this expectation, then you will have fulfillment or then you will have uh, wholeness. That is, what, that is what it tells uh, it tells women this, it tells men this also, but I, I believe that women, uh, you have a, a, a different perspective on, on how, uh, how the world is talking to you. It talks to you in different ways than it does men. And so here, here's my, my plea for you, okay? If these are the rules, these are the expectations that the world is giving you, stop playing the game. Okay? Stop playing the game. And I don't say that in a demeaning way. Okay? Stop trying to live by the rules of the game. Because if the game is rigged against you, why why would we want to play? Okay? And I I believe that we're doing it. I believe it's done because there's little to no other options that we talk about. Right? It's it's the main thing that, that is talked about. These are the rules that the world has set. But I think Paul, he, he talks, uh, he talks in, in, Col- uh, in Colossians. I'm getting ahead of myself, right? We're not there yet to Colossians. Uh, stop trusting what the world is saying, okay? I, I like to play games, but if I can't win the game, I don't want to play, right? I don't want to play, and, and we trust the world. Uh, we trust that it's going to lead us to the place that, that, we, that we want to be, but honestly, why, why are we trusting the world, It has never led us to the right place, has it? It it has never steered us right. Uh, A perfect example of the the messed up standards of the world, we don't even have to use real numbers to make this point, but, but being a firefighter is well known to, to not pay that well, right? I mean, I looked at the, the U.S. average of salary, and, and it's anywhere from $50,000 to 100000 That's That's here in Idaho, uh, in California, in New York. That's, the, that's about the average span. And, um, but honestly, I think that each of us here and most people have a huge respect for firefighters, Right, we have a huge respect for them and see and see their value and know that they are needed in our society. But you compare this to another profession. Let's just pick one out of the air, right? Um, how about a movie star? Right, movie stars—they make millions of dollars. The good ones make millions of dollars for each movie that they put out. And, and think about what do they actually contribute to your life. Okay? Our world has messed up standards. Think about it. if you could only have one or the other, which, which one would you keep in the world? Right? I know which one that I would keep, uh, not because I, I'm careless with fire, but you know, it happens, right? Um, but look at which one the world ascribes more value to. Okay? The world ascribes uh, more value to, to entertainment than actual needs and things that save lives. Okay? Our world standards are messed up. So when when you consider when you consider what what kind of cross you're going to bear, right? Looking at that Luke 9 passage from Jesus, what kind of cross are you going to bear in your life? It seems like it's it's as a follower of Jesus, it's the it's the burden of being an outcast to the world. Okay? When, you, when you're following Christ, part of the cross you'll carry is being outed for not playing by the rules and the, the actions of the world. When you don't, and guess what? When you don't play by their, by their expectations, when you don't live, uh, play and accept their standards, they are going to hate you for it. Okay? Jesus, he tells us this in John 15. This is uh, chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first, and if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. And here in the brackets, that's my own, okay, that's my own words. If you love the world, it will love you as its own, like if you're playing by their rules. But Jesus goes on, he says, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. So you're either playing by the world's standards, you're playing the world's game and they love you for it, or you're not and they hate you for it. That's, that's the option that you have. And here, here's my plea, okay? Stop participating in the game that the world is, is wanting you to play. Stop participating because no one wins that game except for Satan, and I say that, that no one wins because it only leads to brokenness. It only leads to, to hurt. It only leads to shame and guilt and, and feelings of failure. And, and the list goes on and on. And I, I believe that, that it's still played. That game is still played because there's really nothing else that's talked about. But I believe that Paul does give us the answer, and this is where we'll go to Colossians, all right? So, Colossians uh, chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. He says, "...since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules?" right? And we could just stop right there. We could just stop and say, call it a day and, and, and go out these doors and, and just hold on to this verse and be like, yeah, that says it all, right? But we're not going to do that because I really want to hammer this home. Um, so think about it. What if, what if even as a church, right? We're, ta- we're on a, a, a series on, on women, but what if as a church, we just took this passage and we really held on to it? We really followed it. Why are we playing by the world's rules? Jesus has a whole different game for us, okay? And I don't use that use game to make light of it, right? He has a whole different life. He has a whole different set of expectations. But really, uh, what if it looked like as a church we did that? I mean, then the person who, who comes into our doors, who, who looks like they just rolled out of bed to join us in worship, if we're playing by the world's rules, what happens? We look at them like, man, they did not come prepared, right? But if we're playing by Christ's rules, the rules that we've, the, remember, we've died to the, wor- the rules of the world. If, we pr- if we're playing by Christ's rules and expectations, we see that person walking in and we say, yeah, welcome, come worship with us. And we offer them the same, the same acceptance, the same hope, the same healing that we, I hope that we ourselves find here. What if we were that church? And then we take it a step further and, and we take it from this church, that, that new game, those new rules and expectations, and we take them to our homes. And we, we have those with our family. And then we take it to our, to our offices, our places of work. And, and we share those expectations and those new rules, this new, better game with our coworkers. And we invite them into experiencing what that is like. I mean, I think that's how the church is supposed to be. What if we were a church that showed the people outside these doors that there is a different game with different rules and they're all invited to play it? Okay, what if, what if we were that church? Let's get back to Colossians, though, okay? Uh, so, so Paul, he says, he says, don't submit to its rules. And then in verse 21, he's, he lists a couple. He says, some of the rules that you guys might be submitting to are, are don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. And then he says, these rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based merely on human commands and teachings, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom, and their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. So he's saying that there's there's these standards and there are these rules that you guys are making up, but hey, they're not gods; they're human commands, they're human teachings, and and although they might sound wise, they only have the appearance of wisdom and their their self-imposed worship and, and their false humility and, and their uh, harsh treatment of the body. I mean honestly I I believe that Paul is describing many of the things that, that were up there on the screen. Many of the many of the lies that, that Satan that the world is telling women today. But he says that man-made rules and this game that the world is playing they lack any value. Because they're all destined to perish. Okay, the, the, the rules that the world is is putting on, on you women are, are destined to perish, so they don't have any value. You see, God has given us good things. He's given us good things, and, and Satan, again, has, has twisted those things and, and made them look more like burdens. And sadly, those burdens have been accepted, and, and they've been put at the standard to which all women are to be measured. But Paul says, remember, You don't belong to the world, so why would you be living by its standards? You have died with Christ to the world and all that it projects on you and all that it expects from you, all the standards that the world has for you. You have died to those. But remember, we're not to reject the thing, the good thing that God has given us, but rather the world's corruption of that good thing. For instance, we're not to reject beauty, right? God, he, he made that. God gave uh, beauty, right? Did you guys see the sunset? I mean, you guys are at the 11 o'clock, so maybe not. Did you see the sunset this morning? Like God, he is the author of all things beautiful. So why reject beauty, uh, but really reject the idea that your physical attributes are what make you beautiful? Okay, how about this? We aren't to reject food. God gave us food, but reject the idea of the world trying to push food uh, in order to push food on you in order to to deal or bury with uh, bury your emotions. Right? Reject that idea. We aren't to reject intimacy or romance, but the idea that if we do not have those, that we are somehow incomplete. Don't reject the good thing that God has given because the world has corrupted it. Okay? Reject the, the corrupted idea and embrace the good thing that God has given. They say the, the best lie is a partial truth, right? I believe the world has, has caught on to that because it recognizes the good thing and then it turns that good thing into that lie, and men, honestly, like don't tune out on this, okay? Because it's not just a it's not just a problem that women face; it's a problem that humanity faces. And in Romans one twenty five, Paul he he writes this hundreds of years ago, saying that that we are we are worshiping created things. He says they exchange the truth about God for a lie, and worship and serve created things rather than the Creator. That's what the world has done. It's taken it from over here, a good thing that God has done, it's twisted it, and it said, now this is the standard, go for it. It puts it up on that pedestal and says, this is is what you should all be striving for. Now, in this passage, Paul is is talking about sexual impurity, but but honestly, doesn't this happen in, in so many areas of life? I believe the confusion comes with how we're supposed to relate to the world and, and how we're supposed to relate to the, the things that God has created and given us. So really, it's, it's a relationship problem, right? I mean, praise Jesus, God gives us an answer for that too. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 16, he, he tells us how we are supposed to relate to the world and he says, do not love the world. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone does love the world, love for the Father is not in them. And then he goes on in verse 16, and he says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. You see, God intended us to appreciate beauty, but not to lust after it. But when we lust after it, when we lust after it, when we, when we love the world's version of beauty, it leads to lust, right? Um, and God intended us to, to be confident in him and not to be prideful in ourselves. But when, we're, uh, when we uh, are, are loving confidence, it ends up in pride, okay? The pride of life. Here's another example of how, how the world takes good things and turns them to bad all right? So, it, uh, before you guys remember a time before cell phones? Okay, it did exist, right? Um, I was in middle school and high school before I got mine, uh, my freshman year of high school, and, I, and um, honestly, the best reason I could give my parents was so I could play the game Snake anywhere I wanted, and it, it wasn't just wasn't a good enough one, okay? But at that time, there were still plenty of pay phones, and, and most of the time when, when I needed to make a call, it was after practice, after uh, basketball practice, and I was needing to be picked up, and and I could either go one of two ways. I could take the 50 cents and put it into the phone, the pay phone, and make a phone call, or I could take two steps to the left and put it in the soda machine and get myself a a drink, right? And so, I mean, there was this wonderful thing that made, it was like a both-and type situation called 1-800-COLLECT. Okay? My 50 cents drops in the vending machine. I dial 1-800-COLLECT. And, and there's, you might know about this, but there's this four to five second window where you can send your message for absolutely free. Okay? And the, so you dial the number and, and the, uh, hopefully someone picks up on the other line. Most often it was my mom. And, and um, she hears, um, she hears this and says, uh, this is a collect call from, it's Steve, practice is done, I'm waiting outside the gym. Would, would you like to accept the charges? And I'm sure it pained my mother so much to say no, okay? Uh, no, I don't want to take that call for my son. Um, and, and, but that was the play. So she's, she says no, she hangs up, she got the message, right? All this to say, uh, these phones that, that we have, these phones that we, we are so closely attached to, that we, we look at our lives and we're like, man, they're such a hindrance, right? They, they were a good thing. They were a good thing. They, they kept us connected. They, they made life so much easier. But the moment we start worshiping the tool is when it becomes an issue, right? Uh, or, or should we say is when it becomes an idol, an idol in our lives, it goes from something that is good and helpful to something that is, is, becomes twisted and, and is put up on that pedestal. And now we're, and now we're paying way too much for the, for the thing, and we're paying way too much attention to it. And, and I think it's most evident how, how big of an issue something like this has become when we, when we forget it somewhere, right? And we just feel completely hopeless. It's like, how do I call anybody? How do I, how do I have a conversation if I don't have that phone, right? All that to say, when it comes to the good things that God has given us, use the thing, okay? Enjoy the thing, but don't love it, okay? Don't let it dictate how or when you operate. Let's give some examples, right? When it comes to beauty, enjoy beauty. Enjoy enjoy biblical beauty, but also aesthetic beauty, but don't let it dictate your life. When it comes to success, Enjoy success, right? I believe success is from God. That's why we have this desire for it. When we have success, use it to glorify God, but don't make it the ultimate goal. You could say the same thing about food. You could say it about intimacy. You could say it about body image. Enjoy the things, but don't let it dictate your life. You see, when you love something, you are willing to change for it. And I believe that 1 John chapter 2 is, is pleading with each of you, and I'm pleading women here today, don't let the world's standard for you dictate how you live your life, okay? Just don't, but enjoy the good things that God has created, and always look to him and his word when deciding who you are. First John, or First John two seventeen. 17, uh, right after these passages, it continues, it says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And my wife said it best, I believe, as I was discussing this with her. She said, prioritize the eternal things in your life. And okay, so what are, what are the eternal things that we should prioritize? Maybe who Jesus is in your own life. Prioritize that. Prioritize what God or who God says you are. Prioritize what God calls you to do because these things are the things that are lasting. These things are the, are the things that leave a legacy. So if you, if you wanna leave a legacy behind, don't, don't pour your heart into to a successful business so you could leave that to your children. Pour your heart into these things and leave this to your children. Jesus in John chapter eight He's talking to some Jews, that, some believing Jews, and he says this. He says, if you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. My prayer is that, that you will know the lies that the world is telling you, that you will, you will know that the truth from Jesus, and that truth will set you free because it is actually in you. Uh, now, all of this is vital, but I do, want you to, I do want to leave you with something practical, okay? Something that, that you can take home and, and do today. So here's my challenge for you ladies. Um, write down the things that the world is calling you to do, okay? On a piece of paper. Write it down. Write down the things uh, that it's calling you to achieve, the things, uh, all of those expectations that it calls you to. And then step two, speak scripture against them. Okay, And there's a, um, you might see this little little sheet on a chair near you. If, if you don't have one, there are some at the connection point. I've compiled a list of scriptures um, to help you in this. And, and those, those are ones just to use to speak against the lies that the world is telling you. Okay? So write down the lies that the world is telling you. Speak scripture against them. And the third thing is to claim victory over them claim victory over those lies, not because you have achieved it or, or anything, but because of Jesus, because Jesus has already won that battle. So because of him, we are able to claim victory. You know what, and realize that the world, when you do this, when you do these three things, the world is gonna come at you again because it doesn't like when you, when you are winning, right? So the world will come at you again and tell you another lie and, and try to make you believe another thing, but realize you don't have to listen. You don't have to believe it. Remember, we're playing a different game. And Jesus, he's already won this one. So let's, let's join him on the winning team. The world is gonna say, so here's what the world says, right? The world says you're ugly, so buy this thing and you won't be. Okay? But what God says is that charm is deceptive. You guys, have, you've heard this one. Charm is deceptive and outward beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You know, the world says, You are alone, so do this and you won't be. God says, I will be with you always. The world says, You're messed up and you're no longer wanted. But God says, You belong, not because of anything you've done, but because of what Jesus has already done. Okay, in in Romans 5 8, it says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. That means that at your lowest point in your life, when when so many other people rejected you, when when the world is saying you're not good enough, Jesus said, you are absolutely good enough, worth giving my life for. I hope that you take this practice. I hope that you take this challenge and, and that you actually use it. The best example we have of this is Jesus. Who, who after he was baptized goes into the desert and the devil is feeding him these lies and he uses scripture to stop it in its place, okay? So we can take that same practice from him and use it because when you know the truth, it will set you free. Men, when you see the women in your lives uh, facing these battles, going through these, uh, these attacks from, from the culture, from the world, here's, here's your challenge, even if you cannot relate one bit, be there. Be there to speak the truth of God's word to them. Be there to speak in love and grace to them. And if you need to take these also, go for it, okay? Um, it, it truly does break my heart to see the, the pressures and the hindrances that, that women face. And I pray, I pray this over all of you ladies here, I pray this over my own wife, over my children, over my mother and my sisters. I pray that, that you will know the expectations that the world is setting against you, the, the expectations that they're setting you up to meet, that you will realize it's, it's a lie, that you will realize um, that, hey, those expectations are, are near impossible to meet. And when I'm about to do it, it's probably gonna change anyway. But I also pray that you know this. The world is not your judge. The world is not your savior. The world and what it has to offer is not your hope. There is, there's one person that all those titles and roles go to and only one person, that person is Jesus. And I pray that you will listen to him and his word only. Can you stand for rising, or for closing prayer? Father, your word, your word makes it clear. Sometimes it's so hard for us to, to take what, what, we, what we know and, and use it in our lives. So I pray that uh, all the ladies here would, would know your truth, that it would shine light on, on the, the evil deception that the world has, and that they would find freedom in your, in your love, in your word, and the truth that you offer. It's in Jesus I pray, amen.
1: Lost and afraid. When I'm in the dark and can't seem to find my way. When I'm feeling lonely <laughs> in the dead of the night, I remember <laughs> the promise. You will be my mama, my, my, my light. Uh, my light. You will be my mama, my, my, my light. Uh, my light. You will be my mama, my, my, my light. Uh, my light Sun don't shine Telling me everything's gonna be alright, alright, alright You will be my light, yeah, yeah, yeah I've tried on my own strength But I just trip and fall Put my faith in the wrong things Turns out after all You're the answer for everything You'll be my, 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 my life. My, my, my light. My, my life. Light. be. Light.